listening to the Stormcast, a podcast from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Oh, he got him! Oh, he got him! Escobar got him at first! And that ball's way out of here! It's a two-run game-winning homer! Here's your host, Jake Eisenberg. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stormcast. I'm Storm Chasers play-by-play broadcaster Jake Eisenberg. We've got a very special episode for you this time around. We're joined by Storm Chasers first baseman Nick Prado, made his AAA debut with the Storm Chasers back in 2021, and now joins the Omaha Storm Chasers to begin the 2022 season. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. Glad to be here, Jake. We start with the 2022 season because that's where we are, and we're now a couple of weeks into the 2022 season. You have spring training. You come to Omaha. What's the first couple of weeks been like? Really refreshing getting back on our feet again and seeing all these faces around, and it's closer to a normal season than we've had in a long time. So I think we all appreciate that. And besides the cold, I think everything's uh, <laughs> been enjoyable so far. Yeah, it's been cold and windy and rainy and indy, but it looks like we've got some sunshine coming and it'll get warmer as the season progresses. But you mentioned it being a little bit more close to normal, and I think that was the feeling during Chasers on Deck, just before the season started when you guys were taking batting practice on the field and fans were here, saw you signing some autographs down the left field line up against the tarp. What's it like having a more normal interaction with fans come 2022 after a few years of not really been able to do that? It just gives us another avenue to bring joy to this game, you know, interacting with the fans, um, having faces on the field, shaking hands, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not... We're not so engulfed in what's going on on the field, what's going on wherever. So it's 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 refreshing, you know. It's uh, that's really the best way to put it. Just hearing all the sights and sounds, and you know, it's 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 been good for me to get back to that. When you were a kid growing up in Southern California, who was your guy? Who were you pumped to meet and have sign a card or a ball or your hat? Um, I grew up. Right around the corner from the Angels, I would, my dad was a Dodgers fan as a kid. I watched a lot of good Dodgers play who, I mean, they all came through and like Nomar Garcia Parra, I remember watching play. I used to mimic the the uh, the toe taps and the, the batting gloves and all that good stuff. Adrian Gonzalez played with the Dodgers for a while and I watched him a ton. Vladimir Guerrero, you know, um, those guys were in my backyard, so I was surrounded by those types of guys, but... I really enjoy watching Joey Votto, especially as I started to like get more serious about baseball and watch him conduct that bats. Like that was that was really enjoyable for me as a kid. What was it about Joey Votto? What is it about Joey Votto that you really latch on to the most that you want to emulate the most? Just how it, it's a constant it's a constant state of development. Like it's it's always this new season, new evolution. There's always some some edge or margin he's looking for, and having been able to watch him on the field as well a few times, and um, having some conversations with him outside of the field, like he's a very he's a very uh, meticulous person, but he's also like he's also very well rounded as well. So so you've met him. When mm-hmm. when did you have the chance to chat with him? Uh, we had a hitting coordinator in our organization named Leon Roberts, who is very close to Joey. And uh, he got us connected, and we ended up just chatting. And, yeah, it was it was a really, really cool experience, and Joey was really, really cool about it. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Joey Votto 
start to develop more of a social media presence. He's on Twitter now. He's on TikTok. He's, he's on Instagram. He's quite the personality on there. <laughs> are you, are you going to follow in his footsteps there, you think, too? I don't know about that. I'll, I'll work my way into that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to see any of my stuff anyway, so we'll see. <laughs> well, well, there might be there might be some people that at least want to see the flow over social media. You've got you've got this long yeah. brown hair, growing it out. You know, it's it's getting close to the shoulders, not quite there yet. Last time you got a haircut, when was it? <laughs> Funny story, actually. Um, last haircut I had was in September or October of 2020. Okay, so this is almost almost a full two years. It's like a year and a half since your last haircut. Yeah. And it was at the alternate site in Kansas City. My hair was, like, in a weird spot. It was, like, that awkward... I had the top long and, like, the sides short, or shorter, but, like, the sides grew to, like, this awkward length. So I literally just, like, took the top up, and I'm like, Isbel, cut the sides. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, his wife is a, uh, is a hairdresser. So he, he, he thinks that, he he learned some things from her. So, <laughs> right, right. Priscilla is the professional, but but yeah. Kyle thinks he's got a couple tips he, and tricks on it. He didn't mess me up too bad, so we're we're in a good yeah, spot. Yeah, I mean it grows back, right? <laughs> it's hair. <laughs> yeah, but I mean everyone was in that like weird, awkward stage hair wise come September, October, twenty twenty, because nobody was going to the barber shop or the salon and getting a haircut, and so you yeah. were kind of DIYing it yeah. all over the place. But you literally just kind of went straight up with it and said, "Hey, take a scissor and go right across the top." Oh well, no, I. I I took the top, didn't take anything off the top, and I just had him buzz the sides, just undercut it. But you haven't had it cleaned up or anything since then. It's just, you know, grown straight out. Nothing. I've taken care of it a little bit, but... Well, you got like a special shampoo or conditioner or something? No, not really. I mean, I'd wash it more than I have in the past, just because, like, I I need to kind (laughs) of take care of it. Well, it's been blowing around in the wind here. Yeah, I'm I'm not too concerned with how tangled it's getting in this wind, but... Yeah, it's been it's been a project. <laughs> that that 2020 year was a weird one first and foremost, but it was also one that, you know, it seems like a lot of you guys got a chance to spend so much time together at the alternate side in Kansas City, at the T-Bones now Monarch Stadium, but also playing some inter-squad games at Kauffman Stadium in that postseason camp, but all of you together. What was that experience like and how do you think you were able to develop not just as a player but also as a person through that experience? On the personal like social emotional side like it was very it was very challenging like again like how refreshing it is this year to have fans and have that interaction again like we were going out there every day trying to compete and do our jobs and stay focused with no external energy being brought so it was very it was very mentally exhausting at times going out and just bringing that focus every day and um not having that extra little little kick in the butt every day to to bring it but um as far as like getting getting to be around our teammates I think we all leaned on each other at certain points just because it it was it was a grind it was hard but um like myself Bobby MJ Isbell like you you name plenty of different guys like even a lot of the pitchers like we were all very close through that and like we would go be playing against each other and then go be playing cards at night. So that's 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 how it was and it was it was a situation where we all learned a lot about ourselves but about each other too. Mm-hmm. And uh it was it was looking back on it it was it was pretty cool. Who was the most fun pitcher to face in those inter-squad games for you? 
I'd say Lynch. He you're going with the lefty, okay? Yeah, we faced him so many times that like he would get creative with what he was doing, and like he would give us different looks. So I was like, okay, like now we have to adjust. So that, that was that was that's fun, like, especially when you're facing somebody a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same thing over and over and over. But that 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 was the biggest challenge of it all was the more we learn about each other, the more that we have to kind of maybe look for certain things or try certain things out. It was an environment where like the consequence wasn't very high. Like you're out there and it's a, it's an environment where we're keeping stats, but it's not really very accurate. And at the same time, like we're out there like able to work on things without like the detriment of your batting average going down or like those statistical right. measurements. Nothing's, nothing's going on the back of a baseball card Correct. from that 2020 season. And so the pressure's off a little bit as you're developing and as you're trying some new things. And that's something that we've heard a lot of from, from you and from Kyle Isbell, MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt Jr., all, all the hitters, that there was times to kind of tinker with swings or mechanics and say, okay, in this at bat or this plate appearance, I'm going to try this approach. And if it doesn't work, okay, you've got another one with no consequence, like you said. So coming off a 2019 season where the on-field results weren't there the way you wanted to, having that opportunity to do that in 2020, how did that help you move forward in 2021? Um, it, 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 I was in a spot where I wasn't afraid to try new things, and I, I, I never have been, but um, in a spot where I was being given objective data towards the direction I wanted to go that gave me more confidence to try these things. So going out there and like we had, we had good arms out there, but having that confidence of like, okay, like I have a process in place that I know the work I'm doing is, is putting me in a good spot. Now I can go execute. So that, that was a different feeling that I hadn't felt in the past where before it was like compete, play hard, swing at good pitches, simple. Super simple. And then you have the 2021 season that you had. Tied for second in minor league baseball, 36 homers, gold glove award at first base. And I've said this a few times, I don't think people really understand how challenging it is to win a minor league gold glove. You know, in the big leagues, you've got, you know, National League gold glovers, American League gold glovers. You're going up against 14 other guys at your position, a little bit more if you're an outfielder. But in the minor leagues, it's you're one of 120 other first basemen you know, across minor league baseball, it's it's arguably harder. It's arguably more rare. And so when you kind of sit back and think about that specific accomplishment, you know, what does that mean to you? It hadn't really hit me until you put it that way. I think we were talking a couple of weeks ago. It, it it means I'm in a good spot. I, I always hold my defense to a high regard no matter where I'm playing. And the fact that I've had so much time at first base, like that's the, the level of expectation that I have for myself is fairly high. And, uh, you know, last year I was, again, like in a spot where I felt that I could put a little more pressure on how I was working out there and kind of try some new things. And I think it it, it paid off uh, going out there and seeing the result of it. And then at the plate, turnaround season, and you go through double A, you come up to join the Storm Chasers in late July last year. You and Bobby got here together. I remember when you when you guys walked in and you came down the ramp for the first time and you were looking out over Warner Park and I think, if I remember correctly, <laughs> this is one of the first things that, that you said uh, when we were chatting about you guys arriving, you were like, 
at right field berm. It looks looks pretty good out there. I think <laughs> think we're gonna think we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> yeah, and then the wind started blowing in from right, and everything got knocked down. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was that was an odd day. We we made the drive, so it was like futures game, one series, boom, here, and we made the drive together or separate cars, but we kind of caravaned our way here, passing through Kansas City too. So, right, you're coming up from Springdale, yeah, through KC, and then up I-29. Did you? So you you drive right past Kauffman Stadium, right? Yeah, you should, right? Yeah. So you see it kind of out like the left side of your window, and you see all the seats and and the bowl, and you're like, someday. <laughs> for now, for now, we're going there. You know, that's the next stop on the journey. Yeah. Uh, but you guys, you guys get here together after being at the Futures game together. Let's talk about that. That experience must have been really cool, being around so many of the games, young stars, and also, you know guys that were there for the major league all-star game or you know major league veterans or former players i know bobby's talked about meeting ken griffey jr for the first time was there somebody like that that stood out to you in that experience in denver uh yeah griffey was definitely somebody that (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's griffey yeah he's an imposing figure but um i actually talked more golf with him than than baseball Really? Yeah, which was which was pretty. <laughs> what fun. kind of what kinds of golf tips are you and Ken Griffey Jr. exchanging? Not not as much tips, more stories. He's 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 an avid golfer, and he was he's been playing uh, at least at that time. He was playing a lot of really really cool courses. So we were talking about that a lot. And uh, but as far as getting out there with all the other players, like in some ways it was kind of a reunion because I've crossed paths with a lot of those guys, whether it's on the amateur side or at some point in my professional career. But um, also just kind of, like you see, obviously, all the social media, like video of certain guys that maybe you haven't seen, and you go see them in person, and it's not that you're sizing them up, but you kind of put, like, a face to the to the hype that you're seeing. It's like, okay, like, this is, this is pretty neat. Like, these are all guys that, like, you don't really realize they're real until, you, like, you get next to them, and all of a sudden, like, you're playing next to them. So it's, it's funny how media coverage like skews things like that but it's 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 a special thing to go out there and um compete like in a stage like that where it's just loose fun like everybody's just having a good time and showcasing their ability when it's a futures game like that you know the idea of the futures game is these are the future major league stars do you feel any sort of pressure on being part of that next wave of talent and, you know, shepherding the game to younger fans or whoever might be watching, you know, when you do get that opportunity to be there? Uh, no, I mean, it, I've I've had a lot of unique experiences in the minor leagues and on the amateur side as well. So, I, like, I, I, I think I bring a lot to the next generation of baseball than a lot of other people would. Like, it, everybody has their own path or unique experiences, and that's how we kind of make up our our personalities and everything so i think everybody has something they can bring and obviously at the next level like you're seeing personalities being put on display every day so on top of the skill level that you're seeing in baseball now i think everybody's starting to see like the people who are playing the game as well so it's 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 fun it's there's no there's no pressure to it anymore Right, and, and nowadays, you know, fans can have such a 
more intimate relationship with their favorite players because of, you know, like Joey Votto joining Twitter and TikTok. They see behind the scenes in ways that you really couldn't in 1980 or 1990 or even the early 2000s, you know, when you're growing up. And you mentioned the amateur side, you know, and obviously Little League World Series. That's awesome. Walk-off hit with your dad as the coach of the Little League team. But you're also playing for Team USA. Was it the 18-under team, 17-under team? I played one year on 15s. One year on like the seventeen development, and then two years on eighteen. Did you or did you not play with MJ on one of those teams? I did. MJ and I went to Mexico together, and we won gold. <laughs> what was that like? That was <laughs> MJ and I know have known each other for a long time now, and uh, he like he's just a character. <laughs> Him and I. You've got this big smile on your face right now. I can tell that there's so many things going through your brain that you want to share. And so just start with one. We're literally brothers. Like that's, that's case in point. We're, we're brothers, but at the same time, like brothers, butt heads. So it's like, (laughs) it's like him and I will be arguing over something. Like some of us will poke the bear. Then all of a sudden it's like all hell let loose and him and I are just like hugging it out after it's hilarious. (laughs) It's the funniest thing ever. Okay. Dumbest argument you two have had. Oh my gosh. Dumbest? Dumbest. I think all of them are dumb. <laughs> you wanted me to play him in MLB The Show last night. Him and I are rooming together. You wanted me to play him in MLB The Show last night, and he just keeps going. He's like, you're not any good at the game. Get the game. Get the game. You're not good. You're scared. And it's like stuff, it's like, come on, man. Oh, so he's egging you on. He eggs me on. He's calling you out. He knows He knows my little trigger points. That's how he gets me. Mm-hmm. So did you end up playing him? No. No. Uh, no, so you stood I your ground. my ground. There you go. I stood my ground this time. And I bet, I bet that ruffles his feathers a little bit because he wants to play. I mean, how do you, how do you poke MJ's buttons? No, he's just giggling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> how do I poke MJ's buttons? If I say his shoes look dumb that day, he'll he'll get. <laughs> yeah, he's he's into the shoes. <laughs> he loves his shoes. He's into the shoes. He loves his shoes. When when you guys do, I mean, when you do play MLB the show, I mean, that's got to be kind of a a weird slash unique experience for professional baseball players to be playing a video game with people that like they know personally yeah. like, in the game like are you guys playing with the royals and you know these guys that are playing in kansas city that you know really really well i used to i used to play it a lot but i just feel like i'm too close to it all now mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like baseball overload actually some guys on the team they track pitches on there it's hilarious really yeah like i guess it's, it's that accurate nowadays isn't it eh, or close enough that you can eh. I'd rather use the Oculus. Sure. But, um... Oh, like the virtual reality thing? Yeah. So, okay, hold on. Time out. That sounds really cool. So you put on, like, virtual reality goggles, and you can see, like, at-bats, basically? Yeah, I mean, they got pictures. They got pictures. Uh, I think it's all based off of StatCast data. But it's also, I think, some teams have to make it public. Mm-hmm. It's all public, actually. But, yeah, they have, like, similar metrics to, like, what the guy is showing on there and they just kind of build into the system and you can track pitches on it oh so it's not like you know you put these goggles on and you're standing in the box and you see clayton kershaw over there but there's literally him but there's somebody with like his profile you know of his arsenal fastball slider the big curve and all that and you can kind of recreate that almost yeah that's that's pretty awesome yeah it's neat (laughs) It's, it's you're not really like it's not really like a game I mean, now they have, like, some attachment that you can put on a bat and, like, actually swing it. And then, like, you barely swing it and it says you hit, like, 110 miles an hour. <laughs> it's just like, really? <laughs> Not everybody hits it that hard. Well, some people hit it, you know, like MJ did 111 and line out and then an 83-mile-an-hour homer into the wind. 83 miles an hour. Isn't that incredible? 
I told him he has one and a half homers right now. <laughs> well, you still got him. You still got a, you know one more than he does, right? Uh, this early in the season, one day can put you up quite a bit. Yeah, especially here at Warner Park where the wind is gusting around. It's been blowing out to left. It's been blowing out to right. Yeah, I don't even know which way it's going sometimes. In BP, like you're out there and balls that you think would be over the berm are just kind of like floating. So it, it, I don't think it's really truly blowing one way, which is weird. And, and BP, and also during games now, you're you're in the outfield a little bit. You know, you've played right field a handful. They did it last year, a little bit more frequently. It seems to start this season. What's that adventure been like? Um, again, it's something that's refreshing. I've played a lot of first base in my professional career, um, amateur as well. But going out there and it it if it, I'm comfortable out there. I've, I've played there before, so um, it kind of just feels like old times. It's like a refresher course right now. But it's you know it's it's old times, but it's somewhat significantly old times, right? Because you never played there as a pro until last year. So you had done it in high school and in little league, and that was up until last year. What three, four, five years ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. was it like riding a bike, or did you have to get some training wheels first? It was it was more like riding a bike. Um, I just had to make sure my arm was in shape and my legs were under me. That was really the the biggest thing. And after that, like, I'm on that side of the field already. So as far as like trajectory and spin, like, I'm used to seeing all of that. Um, and like getting to know like my other outfielders, how each park plays, like, just a different angle. Like it's all it's all very similar. Like big fields. I never really played on a ton of big fields as an amateur. I don't think. Um, well, you might have made them seem smaller. <laughs> <laughs> High school fields are are a bit bigger than this, but yeah, it's or not bigger than this. Other way around. Yeah, a little smaller. But you know, yeah, at like what, two hundred and fifty feet to the fence in oh, high school? Two hundred fifty? No. Probably like you know what? When I was in high school, it felt like two fifty. The corners were probably similar. Some fields would get out that far, but they're usually like three eighty, three eighty to center. Yeah, corners are about about right. Tell me about the first home run you ever hit. Funny story. I was on the minor C Royals. Yep, I was seven years old. I had the Vladdy Guerrero hands over my head at the time. And I'm pretty sure the ball was, like, at my eyes. And I just, like, tomahawked it out. But, yeah, it was it was funny because I, I have a picture of me as a little kid in, like, a Royals uniform. And, like, my dad... It's like, oh, yeah, you remember hitting your, your first home run with the Royals? Like, now you're with them. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you say it like that. You kind of, like, brush it off. That is pretty cool, man. It's just coincidence. Yeah, but coincidences can be cool, you know? Yeah. Especially one like that. You know, you're a seven-year-old kid in a in a Little League Royals jersey, and now here you are a step from wearing the real thing. And you look back at that. I mean, first off, seven years old hitting your first homer? Is that like an over-the-fence homer or one where, you know, everyone's got to run after it and you get around the bases first? No, that was, that was over the fence. Over the fence. Yeah, that was my first over-the-fence wow. homer. seven years old. Yeah. How far was the fence? I have no idea. Far enough that it's legit, though. Yeah, it was way back in Ocean View Little League. I don't even, I don't even think the field that we used is still a field anymore. I think they kind of rearranged everything. So, so, I haven't been back in a while. So first homer at seven. A few years later... You're playing for the Little League team that goes to the Little League World Series. You win it all. You get the game-winning hit against Japan. Your dad's the coach. Favorite memory from that trip 
off the field. Because on the field, sure, game-winning hit. But mm-hmm. there are so many things that happen in Williamsport and along the way that probably stick out to you, especially you know being so close with your dad as the coach. You know, So off the field, favorite, favorite part of that experience? I mean, there were a lot of really cool cool things about that trip but uh, what's really neat about that whole experience is is what they do like in the dorm areas and like how you're able to interact with other teams and um get to know people from different areas that you normally wouldn't get to know like there's a pool area there's an arcade like ping pong tables so like as much as it is like going out there and competing like we took it pretty seriously but at the same time like you're able to go be a kid and enjoy the experience as well and walk around and watch games and go grab a hot dog and go slide down the the hill and <laughs> right in the outfield so it's it was it's a really really cool event and it breaks my heart to hear kids less and less kids every year are playing little league so um that's something i i, I hope will change but I've obviously travel baseball and all that stuff is very um, it's blowing up now, so we'll see. But yeah, it, I remember just hanging with my friends a lot. Like, I mean, Hagen's Hagen Danner is with the Blue Jays now. We're still best friends, and him and I have kind of done a lot of crazy stuff together, as far as like a baseball perspective goes. And uh, having my dad out there, like, he was kind of the one that kept me going and kept me in my my zone at the time there and it was it was a pretty cool experience to have have my dad there and I don't think many people can say that like we were hitting in the cage at like 10 o'clock at night like sneaking out of the dorms like it was it was just cool what do you think was the most challenging or maybe the most rewarding part for your dad and having to be you know your coach and coach the team but then also be you know a dad at the same time yeah, um, he balanced that really well. You know, he he never he never treated me like Nick Prado, the little baseball player. It was always Nick Prado, his son first, and uh, like he was teaching me lessons that now looking back that I I, I didn't realize. Like and, what? Um, I mean, just like I mean, he disciplined me for like like benching me for like bad attitude or something like that like long long time ago but also like maybe playing me at a position I didn't like like little things like that that like a lot of dads like want their kid to be right in the mix of everything but he understood like the importance of one me being well-rounded and two like not getting what I want all the time so I thought that was that was pretty cool looking back and um, as pissed off as I was as a little <laughs> idiot kid, um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of that was kind of like his last hurrah as coach Jeff. Um, after that, he kind of passed the baton over to my travel coaches, USA coaches, high school coaches. Another another dad. Yeah, yeah another mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. So all those all those coaches have have many sons. So sure. it's it's very. It's a very cool perspective on it. And now, Jeff, your dad, Laura, your mom, they get a chance to be fans. Mm-hmm. When they're watching you play, 
what do you think's going through their mind? Are they the frantic kind of fans that pace around? Are they the super loud fans that you can hear cheering from when you're out at first base or at the plate? No, neither. Ah, maybe my mom. My mom might be the the nervous ninny up there. <laughs> but my dad's chill. He's fine. Actually, I think in spring training I had a call on me, and he might have gotten upset. Just a little bit? A little. I don't know if I... I kind of like looked up there like when I was playing the field after and he was like all up in arms but no usually he's very like laid back and he was like that as a coach too he's just not very he, he he's cool-headed and kind of just uses logic with things so I I guess that's where I get it from I'm not very like <laughs> high motor player so I think it's interesting but my mom I mean she when I I, I kind of like compare it to like when i first started driving (laughs) (laughs) okay okay i see where you're going with like when when things get tense in the game like she she uses her her little handle her little (laughs) handle when she's driving yeah but there's no there's no like safety brake when you're sitting in your seat or anything like that yeah she she goes like here like to the side of the, the the bleachers and everything so yeah it's they've learned over the years how it goes and when we're together, it's I, I don't live in California anymore. So when we're all together, it's it's less baseball, more, more. How's Nick the person doing, and all that good stuff. So yeah, now now you're in Arizona. Bought a house. Was it end of 2020 or entering 2021? End of 2020. What's what's it been like in Arizona? Good, good. Uh, I'm gone during the heat. Sure, thankfully. Um, but a lot of good golf weather. Just a lot of good places to play too. That too, yeah, yeah. It's I enjoy it a lot. You get a little bit of everything out there. You got the lake nearby. You got lots of hiking. You got golf. You got you name it. But I enjoy it very much. Yeah, saw some pictures. Uh, you know, you got those those hikes, but you've got got the big dog, mm-hmm. the Great Pyrenees. Like it's basically oh, yeah. like a white golden retriever almost, but bigger. Well, we th- <laughs> we thought we were getting English cream golden. Little Craigslist dog, the lady scammed us. Oh, us uh, being you and Hannah. Yes, and that was like the biggest blessing ever because <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's like my best friend. Um, yeah, he he's the biggest goofball. I never thought I was like, oh no, Great Pyrenees, like stubborn, big shed, all the bark bark like crazy, and like he's just awesome so Hannah's Hannah's taking care of him during the season yeah you know when when do you get a chance to see him is he is is are they coming up here for bark in the park ever hopefully hopefully they hopefully they get out here um she's teaching right now so she has to get through that and hopefully I'll be I'll be seeing both of them soon (laughs) yeah you know we we think minor league baseball is a grind and it is but teaching especially the last couple of years yeah oh my goodness I've had to hear some horror stories from her, and uh, my mom was a teacher as well when I was a young, young kid, and hearing stories from her, like, they they don't get nearly as much appreciation as they should. Um, I put my teachers through hell, personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you not Were you not a good I, kid in school? I was a little ADHD boy running around, not wanting to do my homework and sit still, but um, I would rather go play kickball or 
something. Sure. So you were so you were the kind of kid where like, what's your favorite subject? Recess. PE. Yeah. <laughs> Gym. Baseball. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's they they put in so many hours to do what they do and have they pretty much babysit other people's children for x amount of hours a day and it's difficult like you're trying to teach the next generation of children and you have all these things holding back what the potential is Mm -hmm. so it sucks but it's not just teaching but like like developing like socially morally socially is a big one especially when you're dealing with kids Mm -hmm. yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's there's a very thin line with some of these kids and obviously they all have their their experiences that they ha- they've had coming in and you don't know what's going on so it's difficult well major shout out to hannah and yes. all the teachers out there all of who them. deserve way more credit than they get and i guess one of the saving graces for her is that she gets to come home and she's got nash to play with or yep. go for a walk and maybe get some fresh air and so how do you land on nash as he's, the name he's our therapy dog um <laughs> <laughs> aren't all dogs like that yes good boys and girls we went to Nashville shortly after the 19th season for Colin Snyder's wedding. Him and Rachel got married and invited us out. And uh, we ended up taking like three days instead of it being like a get in, get out trip. We ended up taking like a few days and exploring the town. And like literally we were just nonstop going everywhere, doing this and that. I'm a, we're both big country music fans, so... That was, we went to the Opry, we went to the Ryman. Oh, cool. Yeah, so all of that was very, like, cool to me. Kind of like the Honky Tonks on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Broadway was awesome. Sadly, we didn't get to, like, meet up with anybody because obviously all the wedding festivities and everything, but wedding was kick-ass. Everything was good. Um, and we came back, and then COVID hit, or we went to Mexico, came back. I'm pretty sure we all had COVID. Didn't even know it before COVID was a thing, and then all of a sudden we're locked indoors for... Or I go to spring training, actually. I forgot we had spring that year. Yeah. Yeah, and then spring training froze. It was like March 12th or 13th. Yeah, the the day the, the world stood right. still. Right, Um Yeah, and then all of a sudden I was back home. I was living in Seal Beach at the time in a studio apartment. And we ended up saying, like, hey, like, let's get a dog. I'm like, why not? Like, everybody was getting COVID puppies at the time. <laughs> We end up getting this. What a phrase that is. Yeah, exactly. We end up getting this like six week old we thought was a golden retriever. It looks exactly the same as a golden retriever puppy, like a English cream. And we're like, this tail doesn't look right. Like it's too poofy. This and that, but like this thing is just like bouncing off the walls. Like not like he's not very quick by any means. He's like the most unathletic thing <laughs> you'll ever see. But he's just big and clumsy, but he was like you could fit him like if you cupped your hands, you could fit him in there when we first got him. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, chewing stuff up. And I'm, like, he's not, like, golden retrievers are athletic. And this thing's just, like, running around, falling over itself. A little, it's, little derpy. Yeah, he's hilarious, but he's, like, the cutest thing ever. And then we kind of looked more into, like, what a English cream looks like as a puppy. And we were, like, we were comparing the tails. And we are like, this looks like a great Pyrenees. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got this great Pyrenees puppy. <clears throat> In his Great Pyrenees puppy in his studio apartment. Yep. That's a small space for a dog very, that gets very big. Very small. And he got big fast. And <laughs> luckily, by the time he started to get like 
to like the puppy phase where he's damaging stuff, I had to actually go to summer camp, COVID camp. Mm-hmm. So the, the alternate side. Yeah. So Hannah ended up with the burden on that one of <laughs> training him and getting his, his manners right. And I think we had to replace some drywall and baseboards and stuff like that. I think he was eating some of the drywall at one point and we didn't even know it, but yeah, he's, he's a monster now. He's like over a hundred pounds and just the funniest thing ever. Well, hopefully we get the chance to see him running around the outfield or the berm at some point. You will see him. He's super white and fluffy and big and you won't miss him. That's for sure. (laughs) People think he's like a unicorn. They're like, how's he that white? I don't know. (laughs) We'll, we'll finish up with this. Uh, you talk a lot about, you know, the little league atmosphere, how everyone, it's it's so pure. Playing the game for the fun of the game, you know, playing ping pong and going to the pool with the kids from the other teams from Venezuela or South Korea or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I know, you know, you, you've talked in the past about making sure that, that that pure joy is still a part of the way that you approach the game. Even though, at times, it, it, you know, it's a job. You know, you're a professional baseball player. And so it's not pure baseball anymore there is a professional aspect of it how do you make sure that 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 joy persists in the way you play the game um for me my perspective on this game has just changed so much especially over the last let's say two three years um what 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 brings me joy about this game is that it's an adventure every day it doesn't matter what's going on in your personal life what 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 you ate for lunch that day and how you're feeling if you're sick like there's always something new going on and like i i I keep i think i feel like i say this like every month every year like there's something i haven't seen happen on a baseball field and i just saw it happen so it's just it, it keeps things fresh and exciting and obviously the culture that we have in the clubhouse like having some of my good friends around me and making new ones as well um I enjoy the the new challenge it brings every day. It's like a new puzzle to figure out. A new I I, I shouldn't call it a puzzle because a puzzle has an objective end. Baseball is almost like poker. You're placing bets, and however it works out, it works out. But there's a process to doing things, and if you if you have a good process, you're gonna you're gonna turn out on top more times than not. So I think I think that's a very lifelike game that we play. It's interesting. It, it, I love it. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I think one of the things that we all love about baseball, fans, players, broadcasters, media people, whoever, is it is the sport that is most closely aligned with life in that it's every day. It is unexpected. You know, like you said, a new adventure. It's not like a puzzle. Love that, by the way. That's great. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance, you know, that's a lot of failure. You know, a lot of failure in life, too. And, you know, we fail more often than not, but Hall of Famer, if you go three for ten, you know. and But the chance to do it every day and to get a little bit better at something every day and to explore something new every day, I think, is what makes baseball such a, a magnet for, for everybody mm-hmm. when we're younger and, and when we're older. Yeah, and, and learning learning to deal with things that aren't going well, learning to deal with... I guess you could call it failure, but I, I don't I don't see it all as failure anymore. You're just adding to your Rolodex of how can I adjust? That's really that's really how 
you're you're just building more and more information so that when the time comes and you're ready to go, I know how to adjust. I know how to make tweaks here. I know how to, I know what this looks like. I know, so it, it's 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 very lifelike. You know, like you have experiences in life, and like once they happen, like there's nothing you can do about it. Now you adjust and keep going, and you keep going until one day you check all those boxes that that you're hoping to check like a major league debut and a long major league career so on and so forth and and it's all coming nick appreciate it it's all coming thank you thank you thank you for the time always great to chat with you catch up and talk about baseball life and everything in between (laughs) uh we look forward to seeing you on the field here at warner park and beyond and uh and keeping up with everything that's going on off the field too thanks again for the time yeah appreciate it jake thanks for having me Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family.